Hello and welcome. Welcome to another episode of About a Dog. About a Dog. Let's go ahead and get the stuff we usually forget out of the way first. Um, I, I'm Michael. I'm Ashley. And we are now back following, I think, the, the Westminster mm-hmm. episode at this point is where we are. Yeah. So, um... The Barbet episode just dropped last night, so the chronology... It's all screwy. We recorded the Barbet episode before Westminster, and now we're recording this episode after Westminster, so we can go over... Much, much after Westminster. Yeah, it's almost a month later, but whatever. Where was it? Um, we can go over my predictions. Um, Westminster was... Okay. One of those things where... It, that's what's part of it is you don't know what the judges are going to do. We had no idea that yeah. that dog was going to be... Actually, you had some inkling yeah. in regards to the the, ship, the skipper key being... Um, yeah, that was like one of the few that I got right. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is, is the majority of the dog show people that I'm friends with on Facebook and whatnot, we were all at this point of like, we're really good at predicting group second because... <laughs> No one got the first. Yeah, because basically we were predicting these number one dogs mm-hmm. to win the group, or these dogs that won the group last year to right. win the group. Yeah. And for the most part, they got group second. Mm-hmm. So it was getting, a little... Getting back to that. Yeah, so... Do we want to go back to what I documented here? Yeah, so my group winner for the Hound Group... Uh, Whiskey to win, Dark Horse, the GBGV. Yeah, so Whiskey didn't even make it out of the breed. No, His the sister lo- Burns won the breed. Longhaired Dachshund won. Yeah, and the thing is, is Burns um, was kind of semi-retired, mm. and he actually no one, showed his heart out. No one really predicted that. No one that. expected Burns to come out of retirement like that. Yeah, so the next that we have is... The sporting group was the next one I had the list. Uh, you said pointer to win the dark horse would be the Sussex Spaniel, which you got right. Yep, the Sussex, Sussex Spaniel won. Bean, he um, won it the year before. So, yeah, and he's also a grandson of Stump, who won Best in Show six years ago or so. Why would you name someone Stump? He's a little brown dog. He looks like Still, a tree stump. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, the only time that works is on Angry Beavers. When yeah. you've got your best friend, which is an actual stump. We yeah. set out, we arrived. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's my favorite Angry Beavers joke. Great buckets of spoot, Norb. Um, working group? Uh-huh. Working group. We had the Siberian Husky to win. The Dark Horse <laughs> sentimental favorite. Uh, was the Abria? Abira? Yeah. Abira. Abira. The Doberman. The Doberman. Yeah. And Abira did I apologize if I didn't pronounce that correctly. Don't yeah. hate me anymore than you already do. They don't. <laughs> Melinda doesn't. Melinda likes you. Mijin? Well, Mijin has no connection to her. Uh, well, still, Mijin, you know, I still see her in over there with, you know, the Dobermans and whatnot. I mean, she tolerates me. She doesn't yeah. actually, you know, like me. But, I mean, Melinda... So much for not saying her names, apparently. <laughs> Well, you I mean, just said it out loud. Well, I mean, this is a matter of public record at this point. You can go fair, on uh, for... Uh, fair game. Fair um, but they, the actual winner was the boxer. Just, yeah, actual yeah. winner was a boxer. Um, nice boxer. Mm. Looked like she was in season, but whatever. <laughs> hey, it's Westminster. Um, Moving on? Yeah, but, I mean, congrats to Melinda yeah. and Tommy for um, going best of opposite sex in a huge Doberman lineup. I mean, well, also, I was stunned and... The male that won Best of Breed, whew, 
gorgeous. I would also actually like to congratulate everyone who actually made it to Westminster. Oh, yeah. That is not anything that should be scoffed at, no. mocked, or anything. That is an achievement in and of itself. Oh, so, definitely. And well to done actually to all of you. get there and to get your entries to count because Westminster is one of the few dog shows in the U.S. that has an entry cap. And they reach it every single year, usually within, sometimes within a few minutes, sometimes at least with like under 24 to 48 hours. Right. So to get your entry accepted is a feat within itself. Yeah, to make it to the big show, T-O, to the big show (laughs) is absolutely, it is a feat in and of itself. Yeah. And and congratulations to everyone who actually went down there in Madison Square Garden. And props to you because February in New York is just, you know, uh, it's a slog well, in my and opinion. One of those things is, I don't know what it is, but the dog show gods always make sure that it's snowing in Manhattan <laughs> on Westminster because... Which is a hammy playground, let's face yeah. it. <laughs> But for our friends that have American Hairless Terriers, mm. it was a shiver fest mm. for those dogs. Interesting segue. Well done. Yeah. The Terrier Group. You had the Wire Fox Terrier to win. The Dark Horse was the Amstaff. You got that one right. The yes, wire, I did. Wire Fox, te- <clears throat> wire Fox Terrier took it. All right. Next group. <laughs> this is the one that our friend Mandy, who designed the artwork. And, yeah, our logo. And, and, and everything like that. Um, she and, gave me a hard time about... Was it her? No, it was... Was it Tia or Mandy who gave me a hard time about the whole, you know, Biggie two paws thing? I think it might have been both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it really might have been both of them. Yeah, well, it was funny all the same. Um, we're up to toy group. Yep. Pug Biggie to win and Dark... You, I don't... It doesn't say... Oh, Pug Biggie to win and the Dark Horse. But yeah. the Havanese Bono took it. Yes. And um, huge props to Taffy McFadden. Mm. To be a breeder owner handler and then win the group as a breeder owner handler is something special. Mm. And it's you see these dogs from the moment that they're born and then you evaluate them. You put your faith and trust in these dogs and then for them to go out and do everything that you ever wish for yeah. is awesome within itself. And it's... Mm. And for that dog, the Havanese has been gaining in popularity for a while. Mm. And you don't really see Havanese with that good of an expression. And he was just full of life and yeah. his eyes just sparkled. It was amazing. It it truly is something to behold when you see Handler and Dog in unison. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Which is basically what you're describing oh, yeah. in, in essence. I've actually seen it with you and pick a hound that we have honestly because Mm -hmm. um it's like all the stars in alignment all's right in the universe and they you know you are blessed with this particular moment because sometimes dogs mind go one way handlers are trying to pull the lead in the other direction oh yeah definitely (laughs) and it's it's one of those things where when I show Alice, uh-huh. it's like our brains just sync up. And when I show Alice, she's giving you a dirty look. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, Al, <laughs> she's pretty much retired. Um, we come out as um, as veterans, and we're showing oh, yeah. veterans for UKC stuff, but she's pretty much retired. Yeah. Rose pretty much retired as well, so I get to play around with Raven. <laughs> so, that, that's exciting. The next generation. She, she is actually my bread buy, so any... 
achievement that Raven gets is extra special because mm-hmm. it's breeder owner handled. Kind of like what you mentioned previously, yeah. yeah. You see these dogs from the moment that they take their first breath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can still remember when Raven was born and the whole thing leading up to that. And yeah. remembering how Raven was when she was nursing on Al. She she was a screamer mm-hmm. and was known to have this big set of lungs on her and would just start screaming while she was nursing. She was getting enough milk, but she just... Tried to get 11. Didn't work. <laughs> I wanted she... to get her on the... But it didn't work. Yeah. But oh, yeah, well. I mean, for Raven, it's one of those things. Uh, I have a similar feeling, and I know what that feels like to right, have any yeah. success with anything that you've bred, mm. owned, and handled right. from the moment that they, you know, took their first breath in this world. I'm... You know, I, I have to say, um, I know I tell this story often, but I still, one of my favorite moments, hands down, when they were puppies, is um, Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, the other dogs are just rushing out of the yard, as they often do. No mm-hmm. big deal. I'm sitting on the, the, the top step, and I'm looking at all this shenanigans going on in the yard. And I look down, and there's this little puppy looking up at me, and it's like, is it okay for me to go? You going to be Okay. I said, yeah, I'll be fine, Henry. You go ahead. Go ahead. And he's like, yay! And he goes and he scampers off. I mean, that moment for me, I mean, I mentioned it a lot, but mm-hmm. for me, it is just overwhelming for yeah. me. I mean, it's, it's, its simplicity is just awesome, but at the same time, it is something that just tugs at the heart string, oh, yeah. heartstring, honestly. Yeah, so... I almost said that right. What is wrong with me? So, I mean, back to the thing, I mean, back to the task at hand, I mean... Congrats to Taffy. It's it's awesome. Absolutely. Non-sporting group. You have the French Bulldog to win. The Dark Horse was the skipper key, which took it. Yeah. But unfortunately had to gracefully bow out. And so, we completely understand why. All right. So I will explain as to why. A couple of the co-owners um, were in a business arrangement breeding a specific breed with the best in show judge Uh and it is considered to be good sportsmanship to not show to someone with whom your dog has a business relationship because that could be considered to be favoritism yeah showing more um affection towards one particular competitor as opposed to another exactly and it it happened in the sporting group as well where the sporting group judge bred the clumber spaniel breed winner Mm -hmm. and the welsh springer winner so it happens, and for a best in show judge like Peter Green, yeah, it's gonna happen. And well, you've got situations where, you know, there's apprentices, there's handlers that worked with him, there's terriers that were bred by him. So, for example, if the Norfolk Terrier were to win that the Terrier Group, right, then it would have been in the same situation, right, because it was bred by. Um, what I think needs explanation yeah. because some people may not understand. And unfortunately, I was guilty of this on the night of. Mm-hmm. Um, why didn't the one that was... Because when you're in, you know, when mm-hmm. he's selecting the, the, the dogs mm-hmm. for a second, third, fourth, why didn't the second one step up and take the skipper key's place? So it's not part of the rules. And the reason behind that is... The judge felt that the French Bulldog was the second overall winner in that group. Mm-hmm. And if it was a different word, wording like reserve, oh, okay. then it would push up. 
So it happens in the breed Mm -hmm. where if you have a dog that goes winner's dog and then you have reserve winner's dog, if for some reason the winner's dog is disallowed from that, Mm -hmm. then the reserve winner's dog will get the points. But because that dog was not listed as reserve. reserve, And we don't have reserve group winners and dog shows. We have group second. Meaning the judge felt that that dog was second in the group. Right. Therefore, not eligible to go on. Right. And there was also a lot of talk about, well, why did the Skipper Heat even show up? Why did the Clumber people? Why did the Welsh Springer? And the simple answer is, it's Westminster. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. You have no clue of what's going to happen. You have no clue of who's going to enter. Nope. And the catalog isn't released until the day of. Right. You have no idea and no preconceived notions that that could happen, especially for the Skipper Key, because they'd never won the right. non-sporting group. Even in their post on Facebook that we both read and I yeah. think shared, they were not expecting to go that far. No, they weren't. And yeah, if they had gotten to that point, they had to do what they had to do. Yeah. And... I totally understand it. It's part of yeah. being a good sport. Yeah. And it, it's it's great that they showed the good side of the sport and being good sportsmen and understanding that it would not be appropriate. Right. It was, so, a, it was a good example of what should oh, be yeah. essentially. Yeah. So the herding group, uh, you slick to win Border Collie. Mm-hmm. And then the dark horse was a German Shepherd. Unfortunately, the actual was, I believe, the Bouvier, Bouvier. Baby, La- Baby Lars, I tried to say. Yeah, and Slick came in second. Um, and then Best in the Show. Uh, reserve Best was, um, you said, was going to be Biggie. Mm-hmm. Uh, best was going to be Slick. Actual well, Reserve was the Havanese. The yep. Best was the Firefox Terrier. Yep, and the thing is, I know there were people that were pissed yeah. saying that Burns should have won. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Yeah, you never know. And we do not have our hands on these dogs. Mm-mm. The only person that has their hands on these dogs and making a decision is the, the judge. judge of the day. Yeah. And the thing is, mm-hmm. that Wire Fox Terrier has been doing a lot of winning in its career. Yeah. It was shown heavily in Europe. It was shown heavily in Brazil, and then for it to cap off its career at Westminster. Mm-hmm. It's a great achievement, and to do it under basically the equivalent of the, I get I don't want to say the Pope of Terriers, but it's <laughs> that similar thing where royal royalty of, of oh, Terriers, yeah. maybe perhaps? he basically is considered to be Mister Terrier, mm. and that was his specialty when he was showing as a professional handler, the best in show judge. Right. So for a terrier to win. Regardless of who handled it, what have you, whatever. Yeah. For a terrier to win under Peter Green as best in show, knowing that judge in particular, mm-hmm. then that dog deserved every bit of it to right. win. Because I know that if I were a judge, I would definitely be harder on hounds. Mm-hmm. I would definitely be harder on my own breed to judge. Right. Yeah. So for him to say that this was best in show yeah. is a true testament of the fact that he said that this is the best mm-hmm. and that's all we have to do is right. just go with it. And also remember, it's Westminster. Right. It's the pinnacle of what we have. Mm-hmm. So let's show it off. Yeah, yeah. 
So go big um, or go home, as you often say. Definitely. Now, within the next few days or so, mm-hmm. Crufts is going to start. So, to my Hamilton people, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, absolutely. We will be watching. We will be cheering on because <laughs> I'm almost... Mostly she probably will be. I'll probably be doing other things. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> we will be cheering on from the U.S. And I know that... Um, I think... Raven and Celine's cousins will be there, mm-hmm. and probably Rolla's brother. Now, just to be clear, I am equally supportive, mm-hmm. and I love the breed of the Hamilton Stover. Um, you got to work. Basically. That's all I really mean when I'm going to be doing other things. It's not like I'm going to scarf her off and play video games or something like that. No, I have and basically, I have to do stuff. If, like work. If Hamilton's... Or sh- I need to check it out because I really haven't checked to see what what day they show. <laughs> like if they're shown on a Saturday, then sure he'll watch yeah, the yeah, live stream. I'll movie. be there. I'll be there. Yeah, but we'll have the tablet laying like right there in between us, and our phones naturally will be in our hands because reasons. And we'll just you know have Crufts on. Yeah. We'll be hearing all kinds of interesting accents. Yeah, and I mean Crufts is one of those things where I think it starts on a Wednesday and ends on a Sunday. I mean it's yeah. massive. It's over. 20,000 dogs there. It's craziness. It's almost like they should make it a holiday of some kind. We consider it a holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, well, fair point, but at the same time, employers don't exactly agree with true, that, do they? True. And, I mean... I mean, come on. Let's get Boxing Day in America. I agree. <laughs> a day after Christmas, damn But, it. <laughs> I mean, for Crofts, it's not like you're showing every single day. Right. So it's not like UKC Premier or AKC National Championship where we were showing every single day. Yeah. You're only showing on the day that you're designated to show. Whereas the rest of the time you can, you know, yeah, just be prepping or actually watching said Yeah, show. be prepping or you can actually, because like if it starts on a Wednesday mm-hmm. and you don't show till Friday, yeah. then you don't have to show up till Friday. That's true. You, you know, so, and, and that's things. generally what happens. Yeah, no, I get it. So... Um, that's Westminster, a little bit about Crufts. Um, Which is coming up soon. Yep. And so now we're going to do a new segment thing. What? The guest, the brave. Oh, oh, you want to see Ruby? Yeah, so... My, my co-worker and friend Matt. Yep. Um, we showed Ashley Lincoln mm-hmm. last time. Uh, Matt apparently has two dogs, and he's kind of challenging Ashley at this point. He knows, um, what both of them are. Uh, well, what... They say they are. <sighs> anyway, this is Ruby. Hmm. So, by color and expression... Okay, you've seen the dog, right? Yep. This is another picture. There's so, Ruby again. Ruby's over there. I think that's Lincoln. Okay. And it's Ruby again. And the ears, Chihuahua? Hmm. Or Corgi? Now, do you want to take, like, another look? Because he told me what what Ruby's parents are. Well, alright. So, looks like there's Pitbull in there. Believe it or not, you are correct. Um, Ruby's father was a Pitbull. Alright. Oh, wow. Okay, alright. So, with the ears, then, genetically, it would need to have another upright ear breed uh-huh. so size wise I'm thinking that's why like my brain instantly went corgi or chihuahua uh-huh. 
Those two. All right. He said you got Pitbull. Yeah. Ruby's mom was a border collie and Chow Chow mix. Oh. Her dad was a Pitbull. So points for. I got fifty percent. You got fifty percent, which is good. It was tough because it was a mixed breed. Well, and the thing is, is with a border collie Chow. Yeah. That does not look like a border collie Chow at all. No, I know. And it looks more pit, and so that makes it a little bit tough. But whatever, I got part of it. Yeah. So if you have any breeds, like any mixes or anything that if you want. If they send it via email, you're going to see it and you're going to see what the breed is. So no. how do we eliminate that? So you can send it to our Twitter. Oh, see, that's where I was going. So send it to our Twitter. Hang on, and... I accidentally sent something to Gabriel Iglesias using the podcast Whoops. account this morning. That was fun. Um, but yeah. Um, the... So it's about a dog one. I'm trying to get that right now. Keep talking, please. So, if you send oh, us... Oh, yes, it is. At about a dog one. So, if you send us any sort of photos or mixed breeds that you want me to guess... You have to send it. the information to me and not to her. So, yeah. don't send it to Instagram. Don't send it to the email. Yep. Send it to... Or the um, Facebook. Or send it to the Twitter account. Yep. That's solely run by me. At about a dog one. Yep. Send and it to him and yeah. we will... I will do my utmost oh, and Michael will... Tell me how close I get. Yeah. Um, if you can, the best photos for me to guess are full face and something that depicts the dog's size. So if you're going to send me a photo of a zoomed in dog and it looks like it's a giant, but it's only 10 pounds. No, no. You need to give me something that has the size. Yeah. Um, Matt, I was cycling through at least three different pages of options for Ashley to take a look at and you know I mean, honestly it was good oh that reminds me you need to um, load that what I'm pointing at is the picture of Alice trying to check in and okay. at the Weston Hotel in Times Square yep I will load that on our Facebook so you guys can see and um, Michael will also load onto our Facebook the photos from Matt's dogs to so that everybody can see what we're talking about here um, so. Now we get to the part that I'm not looking forward to and dreading, and so very much for personal reasons. What's the breed we're talking about? So the breed we're talking about today is the Bichon Frise. You can already tell how Michael's going to answer the question. Yeah, uh, due to the fact that I've actually lived with the Bichon Frise before. Um, it was already an uncomfortable situation to begin with. The dog was not bad when it was quiet. Yeah. When, when it barked, it was just horrible. It's a horrible sound. I am not a fan of the Bichon Frise. But let not my own interpretation mm-hmm. and experience dissuade you in any way, shape, or form. Please. Okay. So... The history of the Bichon will kind of sound like a broken record with a few different breeds. Not another one of those things where it's like, um, save the people, not the dogs, like the war, right? Oh, yeah. It'll oh, be okay. there. All right. Um, but it also has an ancestor in the Barbet, which was our episode <laughs> nine. So if you want to learn about the Barbet, go to episode nine, then come over here. Uh, I'm not going to rehash the joke. Go ahead. So the Bichon Frise is from a group of dogs called called the Barbichon breeds. 
the barb barb b-a-r b-i-c-h-o-n and I mean, all part of me wants to go barbarian but i'm thinking something different you yeah know, this is this is definitely very very you know very french it is very french madame de pompadour yeah <laughs> so as always yeah the majority of the information mm-hmm. for this came from the parent club the yeah the breed standard and whatnot yeah so the barbet club not barbet Whew. We're not talking. That was the last episode. Breathe. 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 Take a moment. We're talking about my least favorite breed, the Bichon Frise. So I'd really like to get this over. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go so ahead. the Bichon Frise Club of America has done a lot of really good work in terms of history and trying to figure out the exact roots of this breed. And the Barbichon group of dogs includes Bichon Frise, the Bolognese. Not Bolognese. I didn't say shit. Bolognese. I, I didn't say shit. The Maltese I'm and the Havanese. Kind of craving spaghetti now, though. The, there is some debate as to whether the Coton de Tulliar should be included in this group, but... Okay, why is everything sounding like food? I mean, we've already eaten. <laughs> First, there was the Bolognese spaghetti, you know, depending on where you live, and now there's the Crouton. Not Come on, crouton. that's what it sounds like to me. Coton de Tulliard. Would, like, would you like croutons with your salad? That's what it sounded like you were saying to me. <laughs> They're a breed from uh, Madagascar. But the Maltese is considered to be the oldest. Mm. And the exact combination of breeds to create the Bichon Frise is unknown. Mm. But there was Barbet in there somewhere to get the coat texture. Did you do the list on purpose, having the Barbet first and then the Bichon second? A little bit. Did you do that? Was intentional? Actually, no. That was happy happenstance. Really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You definitely planned that. You planned that. You planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you planned yeah, that. You planned yeah. that. You planned yeah. plan, that. Plan, you planned plan, plan. that. You completely planned it. But anywho, dogs of this type, the Barbichon, were companions for Spanish and Italian sailors. Mm-hmm. And they really rose in popularity in the Renaissance mm. with nobility. Mm-hmm. So they are of the same type of companion breeds that are bred to hang out with the nobility, mm-hmm. detract the bugs, right, and be companions. Lay at the foot of the king. Yeah. So the breed made its way to France. Yeah. And it was a huge hit with French nobility so in once the 1500s. Again, so once again, we're dealing with a status symbol here. Yes, the dog. Big if you can have something like this, mm-hmm. then that means that you can afford the upkeep. And it's like, oh, wow, you are yeah. well-to-do. Exactly. And there is a legend that King Henry III mm-hmm. of France mm-hmm. loved his Bichon so much mm-hmm. that he carried it around in a tray-like basket with ribbons tied in its coat. So... What? That's like the equivalent of the modern day, you know, puppy in a purse kind of thing? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah, so... There's a term for that, isn't there? I'm missing something, aren't I? Um, like a pocket poodle or something? What am I, what am I missing? toy. Toy breed. Uh, yeah. There's a term there. But, I, know. I mean, dogs are not fashion accessories. Hello. Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're no. for life. No, 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 no. But... I do this... want to ask one question, though. Yeah. If you had one, does that mean if you had multiple that you were just rolling in it? Pretty much. Okay, so technically we would be considered to be nobles considering we have how many dogs? No, we wouldn't. Because our dogs serve a purpose. So they are working breeds, so then it would serve a purpose. Like at the foot of the king is serving a purpose. Well, 
Yes, but it's not hunting, it's not providing, it's not eradicating pests. They're showing. That's about all they're doing, and they're being pests to me when it rains. <laughs> but, I mean, if we were living at that period of time... Yes. Having and owning a Bichon was a definite status symbol. Yeah. And it was incredibly popular within... Italy, France, and England until the 1800s. I was actually going to ask if Italy was involved mm-hmm. in this whole... Because yep. you mentioned the Renaissance. that Immediately, that's where my head yes. goes. So, they were depicted in art from like the 1500s. Mm. And, again, primary purpose, companions, and attracting bugs off. However, they were a symbol of French nobility. Yeah, which we I think have discussed previously. There's a problem during the Enlightenment age for French nobility. Are we talking about inbreeding here? No, off with his head. Ah, Marie Antoinette. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, when all of that happened... That reminds me, we have cake. Yeah, we do. So, when all of that happened within the Enlightenment... <laughs> they call it the Enlightenment and they're lobbing people's heads off. It's the Enlightenment era. It's a giant era. contradiction. Well, it's called the Enlightenment era because more people were starting to learn and... It is the age of reason. It is. And part of it was founding of the U.S. and right. the independence. And then mm-hmm. the French Revolution happened after that. And that's yeah. where the Bichon comes into play. Okay. As they were a symbol of French nobility and the nobility... Oh, fuck. Yeah, their population of the breed plummeted hard. Damn. They weren't eradicated. Like, they they weren't killed. They weren't completely um, extinct, is what you're trying to say. They were were nearly obliterated, but they weren't extinct. And they weren't intentionally killed by people who were doing the uprising. What the nobility did is Mm. they saw the writing on the wall and just was like, go free, go wander in the streets. And just let these little white fluffy dogs go wander in the streets of France. So, for whatever reason, yeah, the breed survived. Mm-hmm. This little breed survived roaming the streets. And a certain group of people picked them up mm-hmm. and started using them. Any oh. guesses? Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to picture that little dog I used to live with roaming the streets and... It's oddly, it's oddly cathartic for me. Well, <laughs> Michael, that's not very nice. <laughs> it's not very nice. <sighs> Gather ye pleasures where ye may, my dear. But, anywho, this breed survived. Somehow. Somehow, some way. Through the it, kindness of strangers, this dog breed survived. I yes. Done, I should have done that with a French accent, maybe. But there's a certain group of people who kind of took this breed in. Any guesses? Um, let's see. Anyone who themselves would probably have felt shunned and cast out, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, out pariahs themselves. So what was gaining in popularity in the 1800s where it's pariahs and the outskirts of society? Why, why am I thinking of, of that damn musical? What? It's not Les Mis. Ah, okay, well that's where immediately where my head goes. You know, so... But, I mean... All right, I'll, I'll. Yeah, I'm not much of a history buff. You know that. The breed survived. Yeah. Because of circuses. Really. Mm-hmm. Circuses and sideshows really took the breed on, 
because they had such a spunky personality mm-hmm. and a di- desire to please, yeah. that made them easy to train. Right. And so the very first true like dog trick performers and stuff like that right. were using the breed as like shows and things like that within circuses to get them to like hop over one another or balance on a ball or, or what have you. Yeah. I've That's, seen them in action. They they are very talented once you get them to learn. Right. And the thing is, that's how the breed survived. Mm. And the first true breed standard mm-hmm. was written in 1933 mm-hmm. when people started to recognize the breed in circuses and started importing them all over. Stateside in the 30s wasn't exactly the greatest place in the world. Correct. I know that much. Yeah, correct. But that's how, that's when it was written. It was in 1933. And do you know what Bichon Frise translates to? Oh, shit. I didn't know I was going to be tested on this. I haven't studied at all, (laughs) which is a life lesson for you guys. Do your homework. Yes. Do Do your homework. (sighs) You give up? Yeah, I haven't done the slightest inkling. It translates to curly-coated lap dog. Very, very, very literal. Pro- very appropriate and very on the nose. Yep. What, 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 what do they call ambulances in Germany? Krankenwagen. Sick wagon. Sick And the hospital's a sick house? Yeah. Krankenhaus. <laughs> hey. You, got, you gotta love, you know... Germans just... are such funny people. <laughs> hey. Gotta speak the language. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the U.S., they were officially recognized by the AKC in 1971. Oh, wow. So, now we're gonna go into a new source. Okay. The new source is um, a specific book. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So... Generally, I'm going to I'm gonna have to post that picture when yep. I find it. Generally, when we do a recording, I'm always referencing the National Parent Club for Breed History when I can. Right. If not, then I will use the FCI website. Right. Or a reliable source in English. And it's usually something from the founding country in their parent club. This time... I really want to kind of tell the anecdote in regards to this because this well, morning... Well, let, let me... Let me uh, this morning we were looking for this source. Yes, we, we were. We, we couldn't find it. And I know for a fact that I'd put it somewhere mm-hmm. where Ashley would want it close. Mm-hmm. And damn if I didn't do it, I put it in your closet on the top shelf. Yeah, you did. Where you could just always look up and just go, whoop, there it is. Yeah. Oh my God, I made a song reference. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Continue before I laugh. Myself hysterical. So... And you already posted this picture on Facebook of the book, right? Um, to my personal Facebook, but not on the... Oh, movie. yeah. Well, now you kind of have to. Yeah, well, So, I'm referencing a book called Solving the Mysteries of Breed Type by the late, great Richard Beauchamp. Um, the version that I have is a second edition and is signed by the author. Which, the picture I was mentioning was mm-hmm. when he was... Where was it? This was... This is Chesterfield, not Cortland. No, it was Cortland. It was Cortland? Yep. Okay, he was at Cortland, and... Ashley showed Alice, Alice to him, and I actually got a photo, which I'll have to find before this episode releases, so you can see yeah. her meeting her hero Yeah. before, unfortunately, he passed on to his great reward, as it were. Yeah, and um, he, after that, after I showed to him, he gave Alice a group first, mm-hmm. and then he and I had a chat about 
um, what he thought of her and the breed, and he'd actually judged the breed in Sweden, our breed, Hamilton Stovar. But he was also a pioneer mm-hmm. of the Bichon Frise in the U.S. Right. And if you are a dog person or a serious dog person who wants to learn more about breeds and what they mean and the structure and things like that, get this book. Well, one of the things that I think was interesting, um, I think I heard this story secondhand in regards to the book when he signed it, um, he was in awe of the fact that you would actually turn the pages because a lot of the books that he received... Were brand new. Were brand new, as if purchased the same day that he signed it. Yeah. But he was actually elated at the fact that he had actually made use of it, as it was intended. Yeah, and he actually wrote the book with the intention of having certain homework assignments so that you can look through your own breed and your own breeding. Mm. So even Richard Beauchamp, before this podcast was even invented, was saying, do your homework. Yeah, do your homework. (laughs) And what I really like about the book is... He provides examples of mm. dogs that it, that are wonderful examples of their breed. Right. And the majority of these dogs are no longer with us. Which so, is regretful. Yes. So if you want to see basically legends mm. in the dog world, mm. I highly recommend that you get this book. Um, we're receiving zero profits from it. Yeah, no, this absolutely is not, a, not. This is not an ad at all, but if you want... it's If anything, it's a recommendation. Oh, yeah, it's a huge recommendation, Should but I... if you want to learn a lot and expand your dog book library, because or I do have... Or expand your own knowledge. Yeah, and definitely get it. It's called Solving the Mysteries of Breed Type by Richard Beauchamp. Mm. And it's not very thick, but... It does go over a lot of detail, mm-hmm. and he also describes in detail the Bichon Frise development in the U.S. and how it was definitely heavily impacted by both world wars mm. and the decisions made by European kennel clubs. Mm-hmm. And what he said is that they were taking dogs from the street that visually represented the breed. Right. And sometimes that worked, sometimes it didn't. Right. And that generally is because you're using your eyes to determine what a purebred is, and that may or may not be correct. Right. So that is also why if you look at certain breeds in Europe, Mm -hmm. they look vastly different than the breeds in the U.S. Right. And part of the reason is that between roughly 19... 1914 to mm-hmm. 1950s, things were going down in Europe where keeping good records of purebred dogs just really yeah, wasn't, wasn't that great. It wasn't the highest priority exactly. at that time. So in the 1970s, they started tightening up the breed standards to in for this particular breed mm-hmm. to just make sure that there's a uniform look that there is something called breed type. Right. And what breed type is, is the immediate knowledge of what a breed is by look alone. Right. These are things that make a particular breed that particular breed. Yeah, particular traits Mm -hmm. and just the way they look. Like, oh, that is a chow dog, whereas that is... um, 
that right there is a chihuahua dog or whatever. Right, and it's based on various different components from head to outline to temperament. And all of those things are what defines a breed. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, very dedicated breeders of the Bichon Frise tightened everything up and made them one of the most highly competitive show dogs right going around right now. Mm-hmm. They are so competitive that you're always looking to them for group placements at certain shows. You're looking for them to win best in shows and almost you can guarantee that they are going to be competitive no matter what. Right. There have actually been two Westminster Best in Show winners. Mm-hmm. Most recent was in 2018, Flynn, handled by Bill McFadden, husband of Taffy McFadden, who we mentioned. We already mentioned previously, yeah. And Flynn is a relative of JR, who's mm-hmm. the other Best in Show winner at Westminster, and he won it in 2001. Kind of in the bloodline, huh? Oh, yeah. And the thing is, what JR was known for was when you picked him up, mm-hmm. he flapped his front arms like he was waving. <laughs> and that was one thing that his handler, Scott Summer, definitely did mm-hmm. to the delight of the crowd when he was oh, named absolutely. Best in Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Now, Abishan Frise has never won Best in Show at Crufts, mm. but I think they've won the group. Right. And so that's where we are today. Mm-hmm. And as a pet, they're spunky, they're lively. However, they require consistent grooming mm-hmm. as they have a coat that's more like human hair. Very much so. And they can get it, matted really quickly. It is very soft. I do remember mm-hmm. the one I lived with had to be groomed on a regular basis. Yep. But mm-hmm. for some reason, I think he was kind of stuck. Because they're supposed to grow out of this little, at least this, keep in mind, this is my limited knowledge on the subject. They start out little and cute, but as they get older, they get kind of bigger and, I guess, less cute, I guess, would be a way to put it. Mm-hmm. Well, there could be many, many things behind that, especially if the dog was spayed or neutered. I think he might have been. Prior, at a young age, then that can definitely impact the growth of a dog. Um, but they are often called now as like a moving cotton ball. Definitely. I can, I can definitely vouch for that. And they're pristine white coat, and they have this very specific grooming style that has lots of curves and edges, and it emphasizes big round face mm-hmm. and the structure of the dog. And mm-hmm. what the grooming for the face does is it's supposed to emphasize a breed trait where the tip of the nose and the two eyes form an equilateral triangle. I wish I could see his face and tell you if it actually did. And I could search, but you know. Yeah, but that's what they're supposed to do. And they can be relatively easy to train and they are great for dog sports like agility, rally, and obedience. Mm-hmm. So, even now, their best job is being a companion. So, they really haven't changed their job a whole lot. So, now we get to the question. Would you own one? Fuck no. Been there, done that. (laughs) 
Your turn. <laughs> God no. It's I, I hate to be so you know heavy handed and everything, but you know I've lived with a Bichon Frise. I had the privilege of not having to actually groom the thing, mm-hmm. but I did let it out. I played with it. You know, for what it was. I mean, it's like when you get your you're the uncle and you get your your brother's kids. It's like, oh, it's nice to play with you. Hello, hi, yes. Oh, they're crying now. Here you go. Yeah, that's essentially much. what it's like for me because I mean I didn't like. It was already an awkward situation, as I said, living with this particular these particular individuals, and then I had to live with their dog too. And no, I'm not doing that again. Your turn. Sorry. So I'm not really fond of dogs that are considered to be like foo foo and require a lot of grooming. So me owning a poodle ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Bichon, no. no. Maltese, no. no. Because generally what. I'm looking for in a dog is something that I can show, mm-hmm. and I want to show it as an owner handler. Right. So I would basically have to learn how to be an intricate precision groomer, mm-hmm. and to keep up with that is a daily base. Like it's all, it's done on a daily basis, just trimming and sculpting and pulling hairs and making sure that there's no tear stains in the eyes yeah, yeah, yeah. and keeping that coat white. And basically it would turn into... A chalk I would, fest? What? A chalk fest? It would, yeah, <laughs> chalk like crazy and wrap the dog up from head to toe right. and make sure that when it's going potty that it's not stepping into mud puddles oh, and God. all the stuff. It's, God almighty. It's one of those things where I'm just like, no, just just no. I, Look. Again, this is merely our own opinion. We're not poo-pooing right. the breed or anything no. like that. If you're going to get a Bichon, more power to you. Yeah. We just hope that you've done your homework. Yeah, first. do your homework and understand that if you're going to get one, be prepared to ha- either learn how to groom them mm-hmm. or be prepared to find a groomer that knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and... Take them to the groomers at least once a month. What would be better is every two weeks. Yeah. And the thing is, that's not cheap. So. Well, yeah. If if <laughs> if you're thinking to get like a designer breed such as this, then it's not a designer. Breed. Okay, fine. If you're going to get a dog that is kind of this particular type of high maintenance, high maintenance yeah. breed, then you need to be able to facilitate mm-hmm. and accommodate financially exactly for the breed so you need to definitely need to be well off yeah and and the thing is is if you do not provide the adequate grooming for this dog mm-hmm. it is it con- will show yeah it will show and it is considered to be a crime and the mm-hmm. main reason is that would be considered to be neglect neglect yeah and Look with this all those animal cop shows you yeah. see on Animal Planet or whatever. And visible <laughs> mats on a dog are actually a health concern mm-hmm. unless it is a natural occurring thing. So right. unless it's a naturally corded breed mm-hmm. where it does not consider it to be a health risk. Yeah. Whereas for this breed, it would be a health risk because the mats would lie so close to the skin right. that it could pull the skin off. Right. So make sure you have, if you're going to get one, Make sure you have the financial wherewithal to groom this dog properly. And do your homework to make sure it's the right fit for you and your family. Yeah. Do your homework. Go to a responsible breeder that health Mm -hmm. tests everything that is appropriate for this breed. Right. Because, yes, they can live a long time in the right hands. Yeah. it's, It's like, you know, being in a class in school. If you have the right teacher, sometimes you'll do well. Whereas if you... 
don't really get along, it can be a slog. So, I mean, it's just all matters mm-hmm. in regards to what is a best fit for you. Yep. So, rate, review, subscribe, all of those fun things. Follow us on Twitter. Yep, follow Instagram. us on... Oh, that reminds me. And we have a Patreon. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Thank you, the listeners. Yeah. We reached 300 recently. So I'm honestly staggered and stunned by this, and it wouldn't be possible if not for you listening to yeah, me I mean, rattle on, but Ashley intelligently talk. So Yeah, we're staggered. You. No, I'm I'm stunned. I mean, yeah, 300 is not a lot in terms of podcast numbers. Oh, Matt was actually kind of, he, he said, I didn't mean to sound braggy, but he has a lot more YouTube followers than we, we do followers on Facebook. We've only been around <laughs> for, this is our 10th episode. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, thanks to the listeners, you guys want to learn. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I've seen the one review on iTunes, and it does look a little preachy and a little bit of um, toxic masculinity. Yeah, because it's like, oh, we don't... I seriously don't think... You know what? I actually don't want to see that particular review, um, to be honest with you, because um, there's going to be... Yeah. Naysayers and, and negativity no matter what you do. Oh, yeah. Or where and, you go. And this is, in some people's minds, a controversial subject. So, breeding dogs, PETA hates it, animal rights activists hate it. Mm. But the thing is, we are trying to save and educate people about this breed and the impact that it's had on human culture. Right. And human civilization. Right. So. Not actually willy-nilly going around to people's houses, breaking in and stealing them and stealing their dogs and killing them. Yeah, and we're not, we do not advocate for puppy mills or anything like that. God, we're no. ad, we advocate for responsible. responsible dog ownership no matter where you get your dog from. Yeah. So, again, rate, review, subscribe. subscribe um, like. We have a, yeah, like, we have a Patreon um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram Twitter. Twitter. You can email us. Email. What's at, the email? At about a dog uh, at Gmail. You want to try that again? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. It's uh... the Twitter, by the way. Once again, at about a dog one. The only follower, unfortunately, at this point is, is Ashley. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> um, so yeah, for the to get Ashley to guess the dog breed. Twitter at about a dog one, check it out. Send me the uh, picture and what you think, you know, what you know about the. I don't want to say genealogy, but you know, yeah. the the father and the mother of the yeah. the dog, what have you, so she can try and guess and see how close she gets. And the email is about a dog pod at gmail dot com. Right. So send us an email. Um, our Patreon is about a dog pod. You can find us there. If you support us, there are perks and things like that. Hey, that they are. And um, <laughs> thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. We thank really, you. really, really appreciate it. And lastly, go hug your dog. Please, go hug your dog. They love you. They really do. <laughs>